Oh, oh. Welcome to another very special episode of Cracking One Open. Oh, oh, oh. Hi, Santa. Have you been a good girl this year? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, then I've got five other beers for you to try. <gasps> Sweet. Baby, I, I have a secret to tell you. What's that? I was Santa Claus that whole time. The whole time? That whole time, yes. But not the whole, whole time. No, I just, I moonlight for Santa sometimes when, you know. That's pretty cool. How much beer can you get me? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's for me to know and you to find out. (laughs) Okay, we're getting derailed. (laughs) Let's do this. All right. So if you saw the last week's episode, we did five or the last episode. I don't know when that was in relation to this. We did five beers that we tried that we... Talked about that were winter or holiday themed ales or beers. Correct. And this week we've got our second set because we there were so many to choose from. We just have so many beers to go over. And there's so many others that there that we couldn't include in this that hopefully we'll get to, get next to try time. at some point. But so without further ado, would you like the first choice? Well, why don't we start with your kind of namesake beer? Oh, Elysian. It's actually Elysian, but. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, Elysian. <laughs> oh, I said it again. Elysian Bifrost. <laughs> Winter Ale. That's right. So uh, Elysian is out of Seattle, Washington. And this is going to be a bold and lively winter pale ale coming in at 8.3% ABV with a medium to sturdy body and an IBU rating of 58. So it's going to definitely lean more towards the bitter than maybe the other ones that we had last time. And from the Elysian website, the tasting notes say that Bifrost pours golden with orange highlights. It smells alluringly sweet, like caramel apples with a little spice and orange zest. The taste is bold and balanced with a good amount of citrus and earthy hot bitters to offset the malt character. Finishes dry with a bit of fruit. So in this brew, they used uh, Wireman Munich Type 1 and Crisp C77 malts and Amarillo, Magnum, and Styrian Golding Hops. If you look on the bottle, it also kind of warns you that this is unfiltered and may contain sediment. Yum. Mm. So this one got a pretty solid score across the board, although some people say it doesn't necessarily taste too much like a winter beer, but I'm still excited for it, and not just because it's almost my name. (laughs) We have both had a bunch of different beers from Elysian and they're all really good. Space Dust is like one of my favorites. Yes, even though they sold out to Big Beer. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, crack it open. All right. Unrelated. Doesn't this can opener kind of look like this guy screaming? Like, just look at that face. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why you let me talk in these things. (laughs) Cheers. Ooh. Smells very beery. Ooh. Oh God, it's Ooh. good to have beer. I've had a hard day at work today, guys, and this is nice to come home to. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. And not just because it's a beer after a long day, but it's actually just <laughs> a good beer. It is a good beer. It doesn't really... It doesn't scream winter to me, but it is... It's definitely something I'd rather have in the winter than the summer. That's true. Yeah, this I think it doesn't scream holidays to you. Yes. This is overall winter. You could have this in March if you'd like. I agree. I think it's just winter, which they're not trying to sell you on the holidays. They're just saying it's a, a bifrost. It's mm-hmm. it's just a snowy time um, beer, but it is it's a little. I don't want to say heavy because it's not heavier. It's a little thicker than most. 
lagers. Sedimenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually good, which I actually kind of like that. I know you do. So the label is pretty simple. It's got the Elysian um, logo on it, which is just their name, but in a certain type of font. Um, and then the Bifrost kind of goes across it. The Bifrost logo looks like, I'd say like 1960s kind of cartoon font, like you'd see in like Rudolph or, or Frosty, <laughs> yeah. that kind of 60s type <laughs> totally cartoon is. font. And then you've just got some really skinny kind of trees covered in snow. And there's a couple of snowflakes coming down in an Aurora Bialis kind of coloring this dark blue kind of nighttime sky on the label. And behind that looks like a solar eclipse is behind it, does, it but very yeah. small um which kind of goes along with the whole space theme that Elysian kind of does with a lot of their bottles yeah that's true um, that's everything their, is very like psychedelic or funky or yeah space theme. it's kind of spacey mm-hmm. so that kind of goes with that so it's a simple bottle but really nice and it does give you a a very winter type feel but like i said not really holiday themed uh specifically and on the side it says bifrost winter ale bifrost is our lively winter brew a bold ale with citrus and earthy hop character balanced by a smooth malt backbone Unfiltered and may contain sediment. Citrus. I don't know if I get the citrus. Oh, I do. I get the orange zest for sure. Uh, all right. Well, if I'm looking for it, I kind of get the orange. I think because I'm focused on that kind of sedimenty taste, which I really like. You know, I think that's what I'm focusing on. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is very good. It is. This is a very good beer. Very drinkable. I'm very sad that I haven't found their, I, I know this is kind of off track, but they have a, a coffee pumpkin beer that I've missed for the past like two years that I've known about it. We didn't even talk about that in the pumpkin beer episode. I know. Now, well, we, we, mentioned didn't, beers. we didn't have an Elysian. Yeah, but we had mentioned beers we wanted to get to that we didn't get to that were pumpkin. True. No, we'll do that for next year's pumpkin themed episode. Yeah. Battle of the Pumpkins part two. <laughs> We'd have to find a bunch of new pumpkins. It wouldn't be hard to find more pumpkin beers. No, not at all. But yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we're almost done with the bottle <laughs> so last episode we didn't finish any bottles this episode we've well we didn't finish on air we didn't finish the bottles yeah and uh we've almost finished this bottle. one down <laughs> all right moving on not to play favorites but i kind of really want to try the delirium noel shocker <laughs> so back before at least started drinking beer mm-hmm. when we were in college at least never liked beer that much. Yep. When a beer I had her try, she was like, yeah, um, yeah. That, that was before my taste buds kind of grew up from uh, drinking Stella Artois constantly. <laughs> uh, yeah. If it wasn't wine, it was Stella Artois or the mixed drinks. And then she kind of got into beer. Yep. But the only beer she would really drink would be Le Fin, Le du, fin Mont du Mont and Delirium Tremens. Delirium Tremens. So this is kind of uh, their holiday version of it. It's called Delirium Noel. Let me find it here in my notes. So I'm going to absolutely butcher the name of this brewery. Um, It's from Belgium and it's a family brewery that was established way back in 1654. Huyge? You want to give this a shot? It's on the it's on the bottle. I would say Huyge. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. If I was to pronounce it. Listen, I did a whole episode (laughs) of Forgotten Cinema on a Norwegian film, Mm -hmm. and we absolutely butchered the entire uh, podcast. So this is one beer. It's not that bad. I know. As long as you say you're sorry. I feel bad. Delirium, she loves you, so. Yeah, if that makes up for it. Yeah, we'll call you Delirium because we don't want to call you Hoig (laughs) because we might mess it up again. I'm going to call you Hoig. You said it different this time. (laughs) Didn't I say Hoig the first time? No. Well, I'm saying Hoig now. (laughs) Hoig. So anyway, this one is 10% ABV and it's going to be chestnut amber in color with a fine white creamy lacing foam, according to the brewery's website. As for the scent, we should expect a complex entity of caramel malt, fruit, 
spices and the sweetness of alcohol. And for the flavor, I quote, a strong presence of alcohol, (laughs) very spicy, slightly bitter uh, with a sweet and spicy aftertaste. Reviews for this one are actually really good, although a handful of them mentioned uh, serving this at cool or cellar temperature rather than cold. So hopefully that won't affect the taste too much if that's the case. Reviewers mentioned notes of everything from cherry cordial to apple, plum, raisin and banana. So I guess that's what they meant by fruity. I like everything but the cherry. (laughs) Yep. And most of them also emphasized how yeasty and creamy or velvety it is. So. Let's uh, unwrap that beautiful foil yep. and crack Before this baby open. Before we unwrap it, I'm actually going to describe the bottle because okay. it's so gorgeous. Isn't it? This is our prettiest bottle we've definitely got. It, it's got this foil wrapping that goes down in mm-hmm. points on either end of the bottle. It has up to be hand It's a red foil. Wrapped. Yeah. It's just really pretty. It's shiny red. The The front of it, it's got the uh, delirium sign, uh, but it's delirium Noel instead of tremens. And it's got their I signature the pink font. elephant. It's, yeah, it's got the pink elephant, but now he's ice skating with a <laughs> uh, red and white scarf and a Santa hat. And he looks really happy. In the background, there's a snowman watching him over the ice field he's is on. It's snowing outside and up above is a elephant floating in the sky as like a blimp holding up Santa Claus who's raining down beers <laughs> over <laughs> over the landscape. It's a very complex uh, illustration. Yeah. Not just any beers. He's raining down tiny versions of the Delirium Noel. It is, Amazing. It is, it is pretty cool. It is really, really awesome. And then above, there's this little like border around the uh, label, which is like, looks like a, um, I would assume a turtle dove, maybe. Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. All right. Uh, I, the, I Arnold Partridge love- is in a pear tree. <laughs> <laughs> I also love all of their bottles. Yes, I They're, was going to get, yeah. Okay, yeah, No, go ahead. Go, go ahead. They, it almost looks like stone or marble. It's completely opaque, and it has a really interesting texture to it, too, but it makes it stand out on the shelf. Absolutely. And I know that Tremens has the same kind of bottle, mm-hmm. but you know what it reminds me when we're looking at a Christmas beer with the tinfoil wrap? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the way the opaque stone type color is speckled, Yeah, it reminds me of eggnog. It looks like eggnog, Ooh, so that, that furthers that the Christmas yep. kind of look to it. It, it. The bottle kind of, like the painted bottle, however they make this bottle, makes it look like eggnog on the front. But it's completely incidental because they all are painted like that from Delirium. Yeah. And the back is just a blue label. They don't really tell you much about the beer on the label. Belgian Ale, Family Brewery, Hoig, since <laughs> <it's> 1654, <laughs> 11.2 fluid ounces. So I guess it's actually smaller than the other bottles because most other beer bottles are 12 ounces. That's true. Unless oh, I didn't notice that. They only account for the actual liquid in the beer and don't account for the size of the bottle. And they're maybe the only honest ones. Oh, maybe. That'd it, be interesting uh, to find out. It is comparatively a slightly smaller bottle mm. than the standard. Yeah, no, that's true. That is true. If you actually put it up against another bottle. All right. But it's also 2% higher than most beers. Delirium, so. I would I would imagine so. Okay, yeah. I'm going to ruin this bottle and open it. It's going to make me really sad. <sighs> that's beautiful. And I think the fact that I've been holding it in my hands for a while, after you said that, I, I, yeah. I was like holding it with both hands. So I think I might have cooled it to cellar temperature. Okay. So. Ooh, look at that. I'm not the biggest fan of Delirium Tremens because again, it's Saison. The, the Belgian style ale that he don't like. The Belgian style ale is very much like a Saison and I'm not a huge fan of it. Although I don't hate Le Fin du Monde. I, I, I didn't hate that. No, that's true. You did enjoy it with me because it only comes in the big bottles. Right. And I can drink Delirium the time. Tremens. There are some saisons that are are okay enough, I guess, or well done enough mm-hmm. where I do like them, but it's it's few and far between and I would still prefer yeah. not to. So 
I'm just going to take a sip because I don't know if I want to split this with you. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. But is this before I take a sip? Yeah. This is going to ruin everything. I, I don't know. Comparatively, it, it's just a fla- a different flavored version of the tip, uh, your general Delirium Tremens, right? That's what it seems like from the website. It's yes. just the winter version of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is super carbonated, much like Delirium Tremens. It's not bad. <laughs> I think the all the different fruity notes and all the different fruity flavors. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll let you take a sip first before we talk about it. Ooh, there's a party in my mouth. Right. I think all the different fruits and all the different fruity flavors really tone down that saisonny kind of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't want to say medicine-y because I don't know if saisons are te- te- like I don't know if it's medicine-y that I don't like about saisons. I've had medicine-y beers. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it, good. it doesn't taste like a saison, which to be honest, Belgians don't necessarily well, taste like saisons. Yeah. I mean, I, to be completely honest, I can pick out the spices, the saisony type spices that are underneath the fruity head, cool. but it's definitely very fruity. I can as well, but I try to ignore them, <laughs> push past it. Yeah, I like the. <laughs> The flavors, but I get the banana. Mm-hmm. I absolutely mm-hmm. get that banana, which is great because we have um, here in Connecticut, where we're from, we have a, it was a, a, a brew pub called mm-hmm. as, uh, SBC. SBC, Southern Connecticut Brewing. Yep. And they ha- are Southern? No, Southington. Uh, I don't know if it's Southington or Southern. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> At this point, they don't brew anything. Yeah. Uh, one of the restaurants is still around in, in Milford, which we, we go to quite a bit. We, we like that. It's a great location and a, a very pretty restaurant. They usually have a very good selection of beer, too. Pretty good. Fortunately, not their own, but yes, a very good selection yeah. of beer. They had a beer back when they were brewing beer called Hydroponics, mm-hmm. and it was an award-winning beer, and it was actually a lager, super refreshing, right, yeah. um, that was brewed with bananas. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd think that would be really weird and off-putting because you'd think, in my mind, when I first read it, I either thought, A, whole bananas, or B, uh, the runts bananas. Oh. <laughs> and it turns out that the bananas just really work with beer really well, Yeah, I find. There was another beer I've had um, that used bananas in it that was really, really good. Maybe because it's very flavorful, but not so high in sugar to as affect the overall taste that's possible i also know that i mean bananas are filled with potassium that could have something to do with it true and interestingly enough i learned this from good mythical morning (laughs) Uh, we were watching episode because they had had um it was one of the ones where they were eating yet another spicy thing um and they talked about how they ate bananas earlier in the day because they had read that bananas quell the spice um the feeling of spice in your body interesting so i wonder if that has something to do with the feeling of of the different spices that are in beer and stuff like that Mm mm-hmm I mean, clearly if it messes with spices there, messes with spices while you're cooking or while you're brewing, I'm not sure. That might be something to look up for a later episode or something like that where yeah, we do definitely. something more banana. It's definitely wintry. Yes. Is it Christmassy? Maybe. This is definitely a dessert beer, though. I couldn't pair this with anything. No. That's the thing. Elysian Bifrost, I could have that with dinner. Mm-hmm. It's just a heavier kind of lager or, or ale. Yeah, that's a very good winter. point. I would want this after dinner. Like as a dessert almost. Yep. Or if I was, if like, let's say I had a day off from work and you weren't home yet. Yeah. And Ooh, I was would be really good on a snow day. At an hour before dinner. Exactly. Like a snow day. Boom. You have it. Yeah. It, it does kind of warm you a bit, but so did the the winter ale, I think from Elysian. Yeah. A little bit. It could be. Th- this one definitely it, more. Yeah. But that is actually really, really good. I like that a lot. Yay. I'll convert him yet. <laughs> I'll never like Cezanne's, but there are, there are some Belgians I like mm-hmm. that, that kind of skew the super Cezanne-iness. Mm-hmm. 
And I do like we had a your parents actually bought me a bunch of chocolates that were infused with Belgian beers. Oh, yeah. Those are really they good. They were all different Belgian beers. And I don't I think there was one that I didn't like, but mm. the rest of them were fantastic. But those were really, really good. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing where it's like if it was infused with that banana with mm-hmm. that chocolate, that would have been really good. True. But I get a lot yeah. of banana in there. That's really good. So what do you say we bring it back to Connecticut? Are you choosing the next one? Uh, no, there's two to choose from that are from Connecticut. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll decide then between those two. Excuse me. <laughs> Bring it back home. Uh, I couldn't see which they were. So I grabbed the Thomas Hooker Brewery Nor'easter, a winter embracing brew. That's what the can says. So I've got a lot of notes on this one. If you would like to describe the can first. Okay. So Thomas Hooker Brewery, which um is in Connecticut. It's a lo- not local to us, but... Um, it is in Connecticut. It's a little further out. It's in Bloomfield. For all of you who don't live in Connecticut in much bigger states, when we say it's not local, you're like, yeah, whatever. exactly. It's a joke a to you. State. Um, <laughs> we can get anywhere within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole 40 minutes away, guys. Well, maybe not from corner to corner. Yeah. It works most. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do some really cool stuff, Thomas Hooker Brewery, and they do work a lot with different local people. Mm-hmm. Um, like they work with Munson's Chocolate, which is another uh, local oh, yeah, chocolatier yep. around in Connecticut. And they made a Thomas Hooker Chocolate Stout. Oh, yes. Uh, chocolate Truffle Stout. Chocolate Truffle Stout, which was out of this world awesome. So that's just a little bit on Thomas Hooker. So the can is kind of cool. It's pretty simple. Um, it's got a cabin with some snow on it. Looks almost like a like a two perfect kind of angles and stuff, almost like a video game character, like Minecrafty kind of, of house, not necessarily all voxels, but well, it looks like the kind of storm that we had back in like, what, what, what was Nemo 2000? Oh, well the amount of snow, the yeah, amount of snow like on the, the hill. The, yes. The snow, the snow drifts so that are, snow drifts. are um, undisturbed. And yes. Very shapely. Snowy tidal waves. Yeah. And then big yeah. just circles for snow. But the cabin, I mean, is very kind of, flash gamey arcadey yeah it is uh looking there's a cabin there with its lights on a little bit of smoke going up kind of cutting the label in half uh the i guess it's going from darkness to sunrise and within the dark sunrise you can see the thomas hooker and a bunch of different fonts kind of going across oh i didn't even notice that that's i didn't cool. notice it until right now yeah it's like oh wow look at that but what i like which not a lot of beers do this um tribus does this which i think is cool they have a character section on their their can Mm-hmm. Warmth, spice, and everything nice. Brewed to celebrate winter in New England, Nor'easter Lager possesses a hearty malt flavor delicately accented by mild winter spices. It's a simple can, but it really gives you the idea of what they're going for. Yeah. And obviously, if you live in the Northeast, you know what a Nor'easter is. So let's hope this is a, a beer to have in the snow. True. But baby, break it down. So the first kind of interesting point, I don't, I don't know if it's a mistake or whatever, but the can says 6% ABV. The website says 5.7. Yes, we did learn that. But anyway, the the three main hops that are used in this are Spalt, Hallertau, and Sats. Or Sats. Um, and these are three of the four what are referred to as noble hops. I have never heard of either of those three. <laughs> They're four apparently very important hops. Um, they earned this noble hop name because these hops in particular have been cultivated in specific parts of Europe for hundreds of years and they give signature flavors to European styles like Pilsner, Lager, Bach, Hell, and Kolsch. Oh. And they're beloved by brewers because of their relatively high aroma compared to its bitterness. 
So spalt hops are from Germany and their cultivation can be traced back as far as the 8th century. And in the 16th century, they were the first hop variety to be granted the German hop seal, which basically guaranteed high quality standards. And that certification predates the current German hop provenance law. And spalt hops feature notes of earth and spice that are similar to Satz. So Satz hops are a variety from the Czech Republic, and it was a popular export as far back as 1101. And these hops were transported up the Elba River to be assessed by hop experts at the famous Forum Humuli Humuli in Hamburg, Germany, a market which was specifically for hops. That sounds like fun. (laughs) (laughs) So Satz lends a mild herbal, spicy and earthy flavor with a clean bitterness. And last but not least, we've got Hallertau hops, also known as Hallertauer Mittelfro. <laughs> there, there's an umlaut in there, which also uh, lends a lightly floral and spicy aroma. But unfortunately, they're very susceptible to wilt and mildew and gives very low yields as a crop. Mm. So despite that, it has a solid reputation as one of the world's finest aroma hops and is the quintessential noble hop. It has a spicy herbal aroma and a smooth bitterness that works really well in lagers and pilsners. And it may take on notes of cedar, leather and tobacco as it ages. So uh, back to Nor'easter. Brewed to celebrate winter in New England, the Nor'easter lager possesses a hearty malt flavor, delicately accented by mild winter spices. Um, And this one doesn't get like bad or good reviews online, uh, which is weird because the descriptions that people give it all sound very interesting. And the most used descriptors include apple cider or baked apples, cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, nutty and sweet. So it kind of sounds like a dessert, almost like the last beer that we had, the Delirium Noel, um, something that and actually one reviewer said that they wish they had this as dessert. Interesting. Yeah, I'm very uh, intrigued to give this one a shot. It's very similar to, and other than the chocolate truffle stout, unfortunately, I can't name the other hooker beers I've had, but I know I've had at least four or well, the, five of they're them. They're blonde is the signature, I think. I've had the hooker blonde, which yeah. is, you could just drink that, but most, yeah. I think a lot of the ones I've had have been more desserty, very heavy beers. Oh, okay. Um, Or just like, I'm drinking beer right now. Not so mm. much with dinner. I'm going to crack it. Ooh. Ooh. That's how you crack a beer. <laughs> All right. So... Well, the color is very interesting. The color is very copper. Mm-hmm. Ooh, dark. Yeah. That is not what I thought it would be. I thought it would be either be light or opaque. It's True. like a clear copper color. Almost almost like a red ale, but not quite. Not quite. Cheers, baby. Cheers. Ooh, very interesting smell. I don't need to drink this for dessert. No, but I totally could. I get that like baked apple cinnamon. Mm, this is really good. I get surprisingly light for the color it's really light i was not expecting that when they said it was dessert i can have this with food yeah it'd be a little strange i'd lose some of my it, notes it depends on what you are having i guess this would i feel like this would go really well with thanksgiving dinner mm. the appleness and spice yeah it would it would go well i think you'd lose some of the appleness and the spice yeah i think that it would go well with salmon actually i think it would go mm. well with fish it's so weird because I've never said it loses the mid taste, but it loses its mid taste. Does that make sense to you? I immediately get an apple. It disappears. Then nothing. And then I get like an aftertaste. Yeah. The appleness is low, though, which I like because I don't like ciders. I'm not a big cider guy. True. So when you were saying how much like too much like apple, so my apple in I your head, just, you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like like some beers like Victory Hop Devil. Mm hmm. 
IPA from Victory That's one Brewing. that you like specifically because of the apple. I, I like it because it's super bitter. It's super IPA. Mm-hmm. And afterward, you get this really intense apple peel flavor, mm-hmm. which is different than I think getting like that fruit juice, apple juice flavor, which I think True. those descriptions yeah. kind of suddenly made me afraid I was going to get. I don't know if I get the nutmeg in this. No, not so much. Definitely cinnamon, but not so much nutmeg. If anything, almost like cinnamon sugar. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. You know, it is a little Kolsch-like. I've only had that one Kolsch that you had me try at, what was the one from Colony Grill? That was really good. I I I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) They've had it for like the last year now at this point. So hopefully they just are, it's just a standard, but yes, it's fantastic. This is... I can see the, I can see the similarity. Light and refreshing, but has um, fruity notes to it, mm-hmm. much like the Kolsch. I like this a lot. It's very drinkable. Ooh, I just burped. You guys didn't hear, it, but I burped, and it tastes like apple coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely, there's definitely some apple in this. Yeah, but no, this is very good. I, Thomas Hooker does a lot of great stuff. We'd like to visit the brewery and. Yeah, I mean, they do really cool stuff. They do a lot of local local stuff. They do stuff that's a little yeah, out of the box. A lot of collaborations. Which is kind of cool. Very. But yeah, this is very, very good. On to the next one. So on to the next one, which should be Back East Winterfest. Back East. Uh, I don't know if we did a shout out to them earlier this summer because we love their summer ale. Yes, um, indeed. So before we start the Winterfest and open it and try it, I just want to note that their summer ale was our... That was like our that jam was the this, main, yeah, this That summer. was the main song on our summer playlist of beers, yeah. I would say. Um, <laughs> I we, was so happy when I got the last six pack at Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, that's where we found it was Trader Joe's, right? That's yep. where you discovered it? Yep. And it was just so good. And we were just like, yeah, let's try it. It's a new brewery. Let's, uh, or yeah. we hadn't new had it us. before. Like, let's, let's try it. The can looked cool. Had a good description. And it really was fantastic excellent beer um i will say before we open this or talk about this beer we did contact back east brewery to see if they wanted to give us more of a description um because we couldn't find too much in the beer yeah um and unfortunately they wanted us to come down to the brewery which wasn't possible at that time we've contacted them but hopefully if they do another beer that we want to do a podcast on we'll go down we'll talk to them oh yeah we'll get a good description i I think it would be Uh, cool to go there in any case yeah that's how much we love the summer ale we we really wanted to See what they give have to say about Give them a good shout it. out. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll give them a good shout out anyway. Yeah. Summer Ale is fantastic from back east. They're doing great stuff. And uh, we're very excited to try this Winterfest. Yes. So what do you got on the Winterfest right now? So back east is also out of Bloomfield, Connecticut. And the Winterfest that we're going to be cracking open now is 6.5% ABV. And uh, back east is also, I'd like to mention, well known around here for their very popular but very difficult to find ice cream man IPA. Oh, they're the ice cream they man. Are I the have ice heard cream tales man. of the ice cream yes. man IPA. So, other other than that, it's brewed with cinnamon and local honey, which is from the Hilltop Apiaries, which is in Simsbury, Connecticut. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping it local. And online reviewers really liked this one. Also noting that they got hints of caramel and toffee. I love me some toffee. Toffee's really good. Mm-hmm. The can before I open it is dark blue again. Background that seems to be the nighttime background for Kansas. It's true, right? Um, we got a theme is that going. Dark navy. Uh, snowflakes are falling. It says Winterfest in very classic kind of festive font. Brewed with local honey and cinnamon. It says right on the can. Six point five ABV. Keep cold and drink fresh. The snow is falling onto a snow mounds, and there are snowy trees. It is very to the point. The label is very small, and that's about it. 
But honestly, what more do you need? It just reminds me of a very, like a still winter night with fresh snow. Like I want to go out there and hear the, like the crunch, crunch, crunch of snow underneath my feet. And That's true. The quiet. What's interesting is the label is very small. I've never seen a can brewed at a local brewery where the there's no back label. Uh, the bottom of the can says winter is coming. Really? I didn't even notice that. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Uh, and the serial number for this can is 90508A18P. Again, the label usually covers that. So I think it's interesting that they leave so much of that blank. Um, but obviously these are all because it's canning machines made by a local brewery, which is cool. Time to crack it. Oh, that's a generous fill. It is a generous <laughs> fill. It is foamy. That's got a that's gonna have a head on it. That is a darker foam though. So yeah. that is that is pointing me towards some uh, a darker beer. Winterfest is an ale or a lager? Um, I thought it was a lager, but I guess not. Winterfest, I don't have a label for it. Oh, which is dark. Oh god, I hope it's a stout. I could go for a stout. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Shh. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, man. So many notes of uh, chocolate, like the chips, like when you shave chocolate, chocolate shavings. Yep. Definitely dark chocolate in Coffee? there. Coffee? Oh, just the, the perfect amount of cinnamon. What did we have? Was it last episode or was it two episodes? We had something else that was chocolate. Uh, last episode was the Brooklyn chocolate stout. And before that, we did bake sale. So both of them were pretty chocolatey. I'm thinking bake sale. I mean, the Brooklyn was fantastic, but this yeah. is more bake sale in terms of the chocolate, like the, the shavings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, like straight up cacao almost. Ooh, but that is not what it tastes like. It is way lighter than it smells. Oh, I get that cinnamon, that chocolate. Mm -hmm. I really like the mouthfeel. It's surprisingly light, even though it's like a heavier beer. Yeah, I don't know. That kind of scares me because I feel like it should be heavier. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this would work really well as like an ale, like a dark heavy ale or a stout, but. I mean, I'm cool with it being like a almost lager-esque. Yeah, you get that cinnamon too, really mm -hmm. kind of like comes up in there, balances it out. I think that's what stops it from being heavy, like not heavier because it's not going to be heavy, but from being more powerful to the senses, if it were. Mm -hmm. Stops you from being really hit by it. Is the cinnamon kind of blocks it. I also wonder if that's also partially the honey. Well, that would be the sweetness, mm -hmm. which you need to stop the bitter because it's yeah. not bitter at all. No, not at all. Which is like, this is like some dark chocolate stuff right there. So like that would really blocks it from being like, Dark chocolate, which is bitter. Overly, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Definitely unique among the sponge. Yes. Unlike back east summer, mm -hmm. I don't know if I could drink eight of these in a day. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I did that, but that I could have. Yeah. Oh, we totally could have. <laughs> um, this is a dessert beer. This beer I would have at the end of the night to get my dessert fill because that chocolate and the cinnamon is really, is really like you're having a wintertime dessert. It's very awesome and intriguing yeah. and interesting. You know what this would go really well with? Cheesecake. Yes. It would go well with a lighter dessert like mm -hmm. cheesecake. Absolutely. So it almost like flavor your cheesecake as you're eating it. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I can't see this with apple pie. I could see this with ice cream. Yeah. Pumpkin pie. It might take away. Yeah. It would take away from the pumpkin spice. But yeah. Ice cream and cheesecake for sure. For sure. For sure. So last but certainly not least, we've got one from Shipyard, the Prelude Winter Warmer. Uh, we also featured Shipyard on the pumpkin episode as well with the pumpkin head. Yes. One of my favorite of the pumpkin beers. Yes. Definitely my top three pumpkin beers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this one is out of Portland, Maine. 
It's got 6.7 ABV, an IBU rating of 47, so it should be nice and balanced, which goes right along with the brewery's description, which says Prelude is a rich, nutty, full-bodied English ale with an inviting hoppy finish. This non-spiced winter warmer has a big malt presence in both flavor and body. The seasonal specialty has a strong nutty malt flavor that's balanced by the subtle hop notes and hints of chocolate. Prelude is named after the Kennebunkport Prelude Christmas Festival, which started in 1982 and takes place annually in Kennebunkport, Maine, the birthplace of Shipyard Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little tie into the brewery's history. And we're already, like I mentioned, huge fans of their seasonal, so I don't expect this one to disappoint. It got consistently good reviews online. One website said that the seasonal has been around since December of 1993 under an alternative name, the Prelude Special Ale, which is pretty cool if that's the case. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Because you don't see like this. Aside from Anchor, this is one of the ones that has been around for a very long time. Which I really like when you have craft beers that have been around for a long time mm-hmm. where people have supported it because so for so long it felt like, um, at least here in Connecticut, and I, I'm sure elsewhere in New York, even when we were going to college. Yep. Not that long ago. It was like craft beers what yeah it's the big brewers or nothing mm-hmm. um and it's good to know that like some these little guys stuck it out these little guys really stuck it out through that the dark times mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know the the late 1800s through the the 19 through all of the 1900s for the most yeah. part you know it's good to see that people have survived and really put themselves out there and, and made a name for themselves a big name where like shipyard has survived for that long and been able to put something out that people drink mm-hmm you know, even as something like 1993 is still impressive in terms of the craft beer world for for one surviving specific, the yeah. 90s where everything was Budweiser yep, or Coors or stuff like that. Um, I like the bottle a lot. It's the shipyard bottle, which doesn't change too much. It's very nautical themed. It's got like the it's a nautical compass kind of thing looking um, off the top of my head. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what word you're looking for. <laughs> It's got a lot of nautical <laughs> theme to it. Uh, this one is red Boats. as opposed to the pumpkin. It's got the ship up top, just like the pumpkin beer does. The uh, sailboat. Shipyard logo is the same on the main label, Brewing Company. It says up top in gold font, winter warmer. What I like is that the logo is small. That mm-hmm. makes it the winter warmer. It's just kind of like hanging off the W of winter warmer. And it's just a bunch of buoys hanging, ready to put, put into but the water. But they're all snow capped. But they're ca- capped with snow. Because sailing season is over for right now. It's just a nice little logo. It's simple and to the point, but still keeps their main shipyard. It doesn't be like, mm-hmm. it doesn't smack you over the head with winter or Christmas or holidays. It's just like our buoys have snow. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. We're going to crack it. Ooh, another. Ooh, that's even darker. It's definitely not darker than the back east. True. Yeah, side by side. Okay. It is, however, darker than the. Maybe it was the hooker that the hooker that I said had, almost had a red yeah. ale look. Oh, yeah. It was darker than I that. I was right. I was right. <laughs> you didn't say hooker. You that, just said it's That's what darker. I meant, though, in my okay. head. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were supposed to know. <laughs> this actually does look like a red ale. Yeah. Right it off looked, the bat. Yeah, it looks more so like a red than the other one, yeah. Ooh. You can smell that it's winter theme. Yeah. I get, I want to say cinnamon notes. Something else, though. Nutmeg? Spices. Spice. Uh, was it nutmeg? I associate I nutmeg I could... with fall, like the, the pumpkin spices. Yeah, not always, though. I get some cherry. Not in a bad way, but like some kind of like heavier berry kind of fruit kind of mm. going on. I don't know. I can taste the cherry. Yeah. I couldn't smell it, but I can taste it. Yeah, I can taste it, too. Maybe that's what they meant by non-spiced 
is the the flavor comes from elsewhere. Yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't have like spices like Christmas spices. No, it is definitely more like we're going to use fruits and stuff to make it smell wintry. Yeah, it's heavy on cherry. I'm getting it is tons heavy on cherry, cherry but I it's definitely I can see why they named this the winter warmer. Oh, absolutely. It does, yeah, it does warm. It does warm like on immediately on the way down, even though it's not. Well, I, I guess that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the ABV being warming. No, I mean, sometimes it does, but I think that's the easy way out maybe for in terms of warming. Yeah. You just make something high ABV. It's warming. <laughs> like drinking rubbing alcohol is warming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a shot of whiskey. Which I do like my whiskey or bourbon in the winter. It's it, solid. It's solid. It's. I, I again, would. It is a it's a winter version of pumpkin head. It's flavorful. The mouthfeel, texture, spiced. and weight is pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's interesting is, again, this is the last. This is the last of our beers we got to test, right? Yep. It feels like it should be heavier, and it's not. Yeah, maybe maybe we've been steered wrong as far as winter beers go this whole time. Maybe they don't need to be heavy. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a heavy <laughs> beer. I, I I like some heavy beers. Like I love stouts, and I like Guinness. Which is the heaviest? It's, it's the, the milkshake, milkshake of, of beers. TM 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 TM. Although I can't do that because that's technically my catchphrase for a beer that exists. Yeah, <laughs> but that's my catchphrase for for Guinness. Guinness. <laughs> um, yeah, none of these were heavy. No, even last episode. Looking back on them. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's just the evolution of the holiday beer. Is they don't have to. They can make it more flavorful instead of impactful. And I wonder if that's on purpose because they don't want a heavy beer because a heavy beer means less sales. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely so many true. Because uh, so many breweries I know, the tap rooms are just crazy now from when mm-hmm. we started going to craft breweries. It's like you went to the craft brewery, you went to the tap room. It's like you and four other people were yep. chilling out. Uh, and now it's like packed five, six years later now. Yeah. yeah, packed. People are just chilling there like it's the regular bar at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're just drinking the different samples of the beer, uh, which is, don't get me wrong. Awesome. Yeah. And I love it. And but it's I also been if, really good for the food truck industry as oh, well. <laughs> which is cool as well. Yep. Because we get to try new foods. Yep. But I wonder if that's on purpose because now maybe a lot of breweries are thinking about their tap rooms when they're making beers. And it's like, we got to make them with the spice, with the flavors that would be in a heavier beer mm-hmm. and maybe give them the warming that they would get from a heavier beer, but without really weighing them down. Because we yeah, want, it's gotta be, we want them to buy more glasses sl- at, at the brewery. slightly crushable. Yeah. Slightly crushable. I like that. Bringing the <laughs> summer term back. But yeah, at a brewery, uh, you sell a six pack, you sell a six pack. Okay. It's a heavy beer. You already mm-hmm. sold your six pack. They'll drink yeah. it whenever. You don't have to worry about when they drink it. Yeah. But at the brewery, you want them to have, you know, their, their three beers or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, you, which I would imagine would be the average for most sober people <laughs> who don't have a designated <laughs> driver. You want them to have their three beers and you want, so you don't want it to be so heavy. They have one and go. I just don't know if I can do another. Yeah, exactly. Or so heavy where they don't get the food truck Mm -hmm. because you want them to get the food truck so they don't get too too intoxicated too quickly. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a conscious decision by a lot of breweries to make a lot of beers that seem like they should be heavier. Yeah, that's a really good point. With lighter spice, well, same spiciness but lighter. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a good point because I make good points. (laughs) I'm smart and so (laughs) modest. (laughs) SMRT. I mean. S-M-A-R-T. Has anyone made a Simpson beer? Ooh. They have. Brazil. Oh. They made a Duff beer. Oh. Well, we we had quote unquote Duff beer yes, down Duff at Universal. Yes, Duff Universal at the Duff Brewery. Shout out to Universal Duff Brewery. We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> so 
crack one open, Elise. What would you like from Beer Santa for Christmas this year? All the beers. The year is up, but in all seriousness, the year is up. Mm-hmm. So here's my question to you. Okay. This year, mm-hmm. what was your favorite beer in like, 2019? Not just like the entire year. The entire year. I, you know, because I would always say, you know, Geyser goes, we did a whole episode about how that's my favorite beer of all yeah. time. We'll, we'll do your favorite beer from 2019, your favorite new beer you discovered this year. Okay. Uh, that's actually pretty easy for me. It was a one of that two roads pilot that was a very hazy IP. I can't remember what number it was. It Kitchen was a hazy IPA. Nope. That um, it was made with a little bit of coffee. Oh, very, I remember that. Yeah. I really hope they bring that back and can it because I will buy the crap out of that. Interesting. That's your favorite. I this love year. that one. Oh, that's as so far cool. as new beers go. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like that. What about you? I didn't think I was going to be put in the spot. I thought it would just <laughs> you put me you. on the spot. It's oh only God, fair. Oh it's God, only oh fair. Oh God, oh God, oh God. My favorite beer in 2019. It would have to be Area 2, which okay. opened this year. Yep. And it would be the Black Current. Really? The synopsis? The synopsis Black Current. Okay. Yep. I think it's great. I think it's so freaking sour. Yes. And fruity and love. delicious. And it's just, it's really, really good. I mean, like always, nothing's going to be my boy Geyser Goes. And I'm always afraid for the end of Geyser Goes because I fear it coming. And yeah. And it is my favorite beer of all time. But then another four pack shows up at the liquor store and, and everything's okay again. I know. I, I just feel like now more than ever again, it's getting, it's getting scary. Uh, but I think the Black Current was really synopsis. They turned it into the synopsis. Yeah. It wasn't the synopsis when it first came out, I think is awesome. It was very interesting. Yes, a lot for of sure. from That's two roads. Not, not necessarily my jam. That's what I like about two roads. Um, we talk about two roads all the time. Because we love it. Because uh, we love it. It was one of our first craft breweries. We always go there all the time. Their area two brewery is so experimental and they really do try things that mm-hmm. their main brewery gets to make the money and their area two gets to really experiment and make things that are off the beaten path, um, which is what? two roads is all about yeah that's what they've been about this whole time except they got so insanely popular that yes they have to like mass produce but at the same time within that facility they had they still want to take the road less traveled yes and they do and i think the black current ale um or black current synopsis mm-hmm. um is a really good example of that yeah Ah, so yeah, <laughs> I think that that just about wraps it up for us, um, yes, possibly for 2019. So possibly. And even if it doesn't, this is definitely our last beer episode. Yes. Because our next episode, guys, is we're going to change it up a bit. I'm going to blow your minds. <laughs> it's a wine. <sighs> but with good reason. Yes. <laughs> so something to look forward to. Yes. Hey, baby. Baby. Happy holidays. And Happy New Year. Oh, Happy New Year. May all your acquaintance <laughs> be forgotten. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. <laughs> and if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken One Open. And if you've got any thoughts, suggestions, questions, or whatever, Send us an email at open at gmail.com. That's right. Would you like to plug away? I suppose. You know, I don't like talking about myself. No. But you? 
I do have uh, two other podcasts I do. I've got two player bros I do with my brother Alex, where we talk about all things video games, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, Nintendo, Switch, VR, all things video game related. We release whenever we can. We're trying to get back into the bi-monthly thing. We're also trying to do some streaming so you can hear that. And then I've also got Forgotten Cinema, which I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast about movies that for some reason were forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the movie was simply forgotten by audiences in its initial run. We talk about what we love about the movie, what we don't love about it, and whether or not you guys should revisit it. And that's Forgotten Cinema comes out every Wednesday, like clockwork. And it's uh, both of those podcasts are available wherever podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. All right. So also special thanks to Joe Riker, who composed and performed our theme. Till next time. Till next year. <laughs> I'm Mike Butler. Uh, and I'm Elise. And this has been Crack and One Open. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.